Welcome to Fresh Start Church Online. Our mission is to help people find a fresh start through Jesus Christ. Please let us know if we can pray for you or help you in any way. Now here's Pastor Bruce with this week's message. Merry Christmas. Um, I, I really do love everything about this time of year, and I'm excited to get to uh, spend a few Sundays together and look at God's Word together and, and hopefully come away changed in our uh, perspective of Christmas, especially starting with today. I just wanted to uh, kind of hit something head-on today that a lot of us, uh, just, just kind of a misunderstanding that we've had, a perspective about Christmas that uh, many, if not most of us, have. And it's just completely off course. So I want us to get on course so that we can have the best uh, Christmas season, the best Christmas ever. And uh, for you kids, at the end of the message today, if you can tell me who Christmas is for and what the meaning of Christmas is, two things, who Christmas is for and what the meaning of Christmas is, you'll get uh, a candy prize today. So I want us to look at a familiar uh, passage, Luke chapter 2. If you've got your Bibles, we're going to start in verse 1. And uh, this explanation, this overview, this story of uh, Christmas is what our family, uh, for as long as uh, I've been part of the family, Valerie's family, uh, we read this together on Christmas Eve. We have dinner together, and we sing uh, Christmas carols together, and we read uh, these verses of Scripture together uh, prior to opening any presents, just as part of our family's uh, celebration of Christmas to keep the focus uh, on Christ himself. So look with me at Luke chapter 2. We'll start in verse 1. At that time, when the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire... This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. 
So they hurried to the village. They found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel told them. Just as the angel had told them. So this is the story of Christmas. It's the meaning of Christmas wrapped up in a beautiful little package. In 20 short verses, we get the picture. We get not just the big picture, but we get the very, very specific picture of what Christmas is all about, who it's for, what the meaning is, why does it matter today, uh, 2,000 years after this event. And so the first Christmas card was this angel announcing the birth of the long-awaited Messiah. The first singing telegram was hundreds of angels in heaven praising God and singing glory to God in the highest. Let me ask you a question. As you look at those 20 verses, where, where in those verses does it say that Christmas is just for kids? Which one of those verses refers to Christmas being for kids? Nowhere. What, what other verses, just off the top of your head, what other verses in the Bible does it say Christmas is for kids? No verses. No verses. The story of Christmas in the Bible that we just read, and if we read other, other accounts, the story we just read only mentions one child, and Christmas wasn't for him. Christmas was about him. The only, the only kid involved in that first Christmas was Jesus, the Messiah. A group of shepherds came to see him. Later on, a group of wise men came to see him, but nowhere does it say a group of kids even went to see Baby Jesus, there's no, there's no mention of children being there, running down the street. Oh, let's go see the new baby that was born. No, no mention of children connected to the birth of Jesus, that very first Christmas. So when we say that Christmas is just for kids, and I really do know that probably every single one of us has said this, and I really do get it, I know what we mean, but when we say Christmas is just for kids, we totally misunderstand Christmas. We totally misunderstand the meaning of Christmas. What we're saying when we say Christmas is for the kids, here's what we're saying. Christmas is all about toys. Christmas is only about toys. If it's only for kids, then it's only about toys. When we say Christmas is just for kids, we misrepresent Christmas to our culture. If we as a church, if we as Christ followers say uh, out in public, whether we're shopping, whether at work, in our neighborhoods, if we say, oh, Christmas is just for the kids, what we're telling our culture is Christmas, this holiday, this event that it celebrates is just about toys. It's just about giving kids toys. When we say Christmas is just for kids, 
we misrepresent Christmas to the kids. We misrepresent it to our children and to our grandchildren. We're telling them the meaning of Christmas is stuff. Christmas is just for the kids. We're saying the meaning of Christmas is all about stuff, stuff that you get, temporary stuff, stuff that goes out of style, stuff that breaks. I, I, for years, the, the, the story of Valerie's family was the year that her brother, when he was young, got some kind of you know flying airplane. Remember back before there was radio controlled, you had this kind of wire thing going out to an airplane and they kind of rattled and I don't know what really happened. They kind of just rattled and shook and you played with them. And was it that kind or was it radio controlled? It might have been real radio controlled, uh, I, you know, way before I came into the picture. But the story for years was that Valerie's brother Jeff never even got to play with it. It was the toy given to him. It was the, the big deal. Here's the toy, the big gift. He never even got to play with it because her dad and her uncles and her great uncle, everybody else played with it and broke it. Anybody ever had that happen? Anybody ever had, you know, you, you picked out the perfect toy, you really want your kid, it's the one everybody wants, and you finally, you, you spent more than you wanted to spend, but boy, you got them that toy, and within hours or maybe a day or two after Christmas, it's broken. When we tell kids Christmas is all about you, when we say Christmas is just for the kids, what we're saying is it's just about toys. It's just about gifts. It's just about things. And, and those things break, and those things that are popular this year won't be popular next year. But that's what Christmas is all about. That's who it's for. That's what it's all about. It's just about giving things to kids. So who's Christmas for? Verse 10 has the answer. The angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to who? To all the kids. No. I bring you good news that will bring great joy, but it's only for the kids. It's just for the kids. No. Good news will bring great joy to all people. To all people. All people. All ages of people. You know, there was a guy, uh, if you read further in Luke chapter 2, a guy named Simeon. He, he, he was a godly man. And I want to read you. I, I didn't put this in your outline, but it's, it starts in verse 25 of chapter 2 of Luke. Same chapter. And this is just a, a, a glimpse into Simeon's life. This is when Jesus was eight days old, so eight days after he's born in the manger. He's taken to the church to be dedicated to God. That's what it, where his parents have taken him. And, and just listen to this story. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him. And had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and he praised God saying, 
Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Here's this old man, this godly old man. And God had had given him this message and it said, Simeon, you're not going to die until you get to see the Savior. You're going to get to see the Messiah, the one that my people have waited hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years for. You're going to see him before you die. You're going to still be here. And Simeon, one day, Holy Spirit wakes him up and says, go to church today. Go head on down to the synagogue. So he's obedient. He's a righteous man. He does that. He goes down to the synagogue and he sees this baby. And he knows this is the one. This is the one. He got things that nobody else got. Remember how everybody else was expecting the Savior to come riding in on a horse to be this powerful military leader to come in and take control, big political leader. But Simeon got it. He just saw that baby and because... Because he was a godly man, because the Holy Spirit was speaking to him and directing him, Simeon knew this baby, not a guy on a tank, not not a guy with a bunch of guns, this baby, he's the one. He's the Savior. He's the Messiah. He's the one we've been waiting for. And this old, old man named Simeon says, here's the one that came for everyone. Not here's the one that came to save the next generation. Not here's the one that came to save kids. Here's the man that came. Here's the Savior. Here's the Messiah. Here's the one we've been waiting for. And he came for everyone to shine the light of God into all of society so that everyone who would receive him could have everlasting life with God. This old man named Simeon would be very, very upset if he heard us today say Christmas It's just for kids. Simeon would say, no, 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 it's not. I'm an old man. Christmas was for me. The very first Christmas, I got to be there. I got to hold that baby eight days later. I got to hold the one in my own arms that was going to become the savior of mankind. Simeon would would take great offense to the idea that Christmas is just for kids. Christmas is for all ages. Christmas is for all types. Poor, uneducated, stinky shepherds. We picture shepherds. We think of David. We think, oh, David was a shepherd boy before he became king. And we see these nice paintings of him. But shepherds were outcasts. They were the lowest of society. If you could be on the lowest possible rung of society, that would be where you'd find shepherds. They were the outcasts. They weren't allowed to testify in court because nobody believed a word they said. They they were frequently thought to be kind of like gypsies, travel and steal from people. You know, they'd travel the countryside, maybe slip into town and steal stuff from people. They were the lowest rung of society. They were poor. They were uneducated. They were crooked. They stunk because they lived with sheep. But Christmas was for them. And later, we're not going to look at it today, but later, the wise men got to come and celebrate the Savior. 
the wise men were the opposite of the shepherds. They were on the top rung of society. They were the upper class. They were the highly educated. They weren't outcasts. They were insiders. They were advisors to the king. They were super, super smart. They were the scientists, the scholars. They had tremendous influence into society. The wise men came because Christmas was for them. It's for all ages, even an old guy about to die like Simeon. It's for the poor people. It's for the rich people. It's for everyone, young, old, rich, poor, upper class, lower class, insiders and outsiders. If you were to say to the shepherds, Christmas, the birth of Christ is just for kids, the shepherds would say, oh, no, it's not. You've got it all wrong. If you were to say to the wise men, Christmas is just for kids, they'd say, no, you don't, you don't understand it at all. You must understand Christmas. So what is Christmas about? The same verse, verse 10, has the answer. Let's look at it again. The angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I will bring you good news. Good news. That's what Christmas is about. Now, If the only people in our society today who need good news is children, then Christmas would just be for the kids. I don't know about you. I need good news. I need good news. When I walk into the doctor this week for my follow-up with my pain management doctor, and I haven't even gone down the hallway yet, I'm just in the lobby, and he comes out to the lobby and says, Mr. Cato, I have all the reports from Tampa, and you've got two different kinds of scoliosis. You've got levoscoliosis, you've got dextroscoliosis, and that's why the pain is still there. I'm thinking, awesome. I'm not going to have to pay $160 to go back in the office and have him... Tell me this. He's out in the lobby telling me. But no, he took me back in the office and still had to pay. But, I mean, he came out, out to the lobby to tell me this. And we're going to send you to a specialist who specializes in adult scoliosis, surgery, orthopedic surgeon. And, and he's telling me all this. I needed some good news. Now, in part, that is good news. Because I was pretty tired of news that had absolutely no options and no alternatives in it. This has some options. There's some stuff that can be done about this. But I need good news. And I don't just need it when I'm in pain. I don't just need it when things are hard. I need good news throughout life. I need good news. And I know you do too. Everybody who needs good news needs Christmas. We need Christmas. Christmas is all about good news. Christmas is about the good news that we can be saved from the power of sin and from the penalty of sin. Christmas is about the good news that instead of getting the eternal punishment that we deserve, we have eternal rewards. Instead of going to hell, we can go to heaven. Christmas is about the good news that we can be forgiven. Christmas is about the good news that we can be loved unconditionally. Christmas is about the good news that we can have a personal relationship with the creator of the universe. Christmas is about the good news that we can have peace today and we can have hope for the future. Christmas is about the good news that God is with us. You know, you hear in a lot of the Christmas songs and on the Christmas cards the word Emmanuel 
and sometimes you see it spelled with an I, and sometimes you see it spelled with an E. Both of means the same. Emmanuel, that word means God with us. And it was during this most special of events in all of human history, the birth of the Messiah, that God came to be with us. God left heaven, came to earth to be with us. God left a perfect place to come to an imperfect place to be with us. He left He left a place of complete holiness and righteousness to come to a messed up world to be with us to initiate a relationship with us so that we could be saved, so that we could be purified, so that we could become uh, holy and righteous, so that we can have a relationship with God. And not only did he come at Christmas to be with us, he promises that for everyone who turns their life to him or gives their heart to him, who receives him as Savior and follows him as Lord, that to every one of us who's done that, he will never leave us. He's not only with us, he's staying with us. I came home yesterday. Valerie's had problems worse than mine this week. I'd been up all night with pain from a pinched nerve and I mean, literally all night. And yesterday I drove up to Coco to get some lotion and some patches from Brent and Audra. And, and I came home. When I left, she'd been up all night. She was there, uh, still in her pajamas. When I came home, I walked in. I said, honey, I'm home. I didn't see her. I walked to bed because she might have been sleeping in bed. Honey, I'm home. She went in the bedroom. I looked, and the back doors were locked, so I knew she wasn't out outside. I walked over to the guest room thinking she might be wrapping packages or something for Christmas. I said, honey, I'm home. She went back there. I went room to room. I went all through the house. I checked the closets everywhere. Valerie wasn't there. And I had a horrifying thought. I thought my theology was wrong. My theology is Jesus is not coming back for a very long time because the Bible says once the gospel has gone throughout the whole world, then Jesus will come and there are millions and millions and millions and millions of people that have never heard the gospel yet. But I thought my theology was wrong. We just had the rapture and Valerie's gone. Pretty good thought for her, pretty bad thought that, oops, I didn't get taken. Uh-oh, I'm here. I'm here. My wife's not. It could only mean one of two things. I missed out. Sorry, God, I thought we had a good thing going, a good relationship. And then I saw a note, and I realized, okay, the rapture hadn't occurred yet. Valerie's mother came and took her for the last minutes of some super secret sale with super coupons for stuff that I'm not allowed to know about because evidently it's gifts for me. But it bothered me. Valerie's not here. She's, we only have one car. She's always here when I come home. She's always here. She'll never leave because we have one car. I know people. We're, we're going through a counseling series with some people right now where the guy's biggest fear is coming home and he doesn't know if his wife's going to be there or not. She's left before and come back and she's left before and you know, maybe it was deserved, maybe it wasn't, but he, he doesn't know. Is she going to be there or not? We don't ever have to wonder, is God still going to be there? 
Is God still with me or did he go off to some better deal? Is God still with me or did he get fed up with me and move out? Is God still with me? No, he came to be with us. God in the flesh. God with us and he will never leave us and he will never abandon us. That's the good news of Christmas. Angel says, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will do what? Bring great joy to all people. Good news that will bring great joy. See, if we misunderstand the meaning of Christmas, we think it's just for kids, if we misunderstand the meaning of Christmas, we misunderstand who it's for, and we misunderstand what it means, we misunderstand that it's good news, and, and that there's so much good news in this part of that, that if we miss out on that, we misunderstand that, we're not going to have joy. But when we really, really, really understand that Christmas is all about Jesus, it's all about the greatest gift that anyone could ever give, the greatest gift that we could ever receive, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of eternal life, the gift of hope, the gift of relationship. When we understand what Christmas is, all that that good news means, we'll be filled with joy. We can't help but be filled with joy if we really understand how good this good news is. That's why the angel said, it's good news that brings great joy. That's the message of Christmas. It's good news, it brings great joy. It's for all people. If you don't feel joyful at Christmas time, you don't understand the good news. You know, more people commit suicide, more people overdose on drugs or alcohol, more people, more people go into deep depression at Christmas time than any other time of the year. Isn't that sad? It's because they don't understand the good news, so they don't have any joy. They may have heard about the good news, but they don't understand it. It hasn't soaked deep into their hearts because if we really, really understand the good news of how much God loves us, the good news about what Christmas really means, we'll be filled with joy. That's what the angel said to the shepherds. It's the same thing that's true for us today. Christians should be the most joyful people in the world. But you know what? A lot of us aren't very joyful. In fact, a lot of us put on the Ebenezer Scrooge mask. We got it on sale after Halloween and we put it on for Christmas. And we go through Christmas more like the Grinch. We go through Christmas more like Ebenezer Scrooge. We go through Christmas with the least joy instead of the most joy of anyone. What does that look like? Bah humbug. Christmas is just too commercial. When we say Christmas is too commercial, we're saying Christmas is all about spending money. Christmas isn't commercial. It's not commercial at all. Jesus came for free. Didn't cost anything. Doesn't cost anything for us to receive the good news and be filled with joy. Doesn't cost anything for us to give the good news and help other people be filled with joy. Doesn't cost a thing. Christmas isn't too commercial. People's celebrations might be too commercial. Christmas isn't. We can't blame Christmas. Bah humbug. They've taken Jesus out of Christmas. Now, 
We've taken Jesus. It, it's not the pagans that have taken Jesus out of Christmas. It's us. We've taken Jesus out of Christmas when we say Christmas is just for kids. That's taken Jesus out of Christmas. When we say it's just about giving gifts to kids, we've taken Jesus out of Christmas. Bah humbug. People have forgotten the real meaning of Christmas. We've forgotten the real meaning. If we're not filled with joy at Christmas time, we're the ones that have forgotten the real meaning of Christmas. Because the real meaning of Christmas is good news for all people, and it brings great joy. Bah humbug. Kids these days have too many toys. They spend too much time playing video games and texting. Too much time on iPods and iPhones and iPads and computers. Where'd they get all those things? Parents and grandparents, right? We're the ones that do it. We're the ones that do it and then complain. We say, oh, kids today, they, you know, they're spoiled. Who spoiled them? We did. Why? Because we misunderstood the true meaning of Christmas. And we misrepresented it. And we miscommunicated it as being all about stuff. Instead of being all about good news that brings great, great joy. Let me say something to kids. Lots of grandkids here today. Let me say something to you guys. I'm sorry that we've misrepresented Christmas to you. I love buying you kids stuff. I love buying you stuff. I love you opening stuff. I love you having fun with stuff. I love it. I, 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 I'm, this message is not a, against gifts and toys and stuff. It, it, it's I'm sorry that, that, that our generation has said to you Christmas is about stuff. Stuff that's going to break, stuff that's going to outgrow. Man, last year, Chris got the coolest car I've ever seen. I saw a picture on Facebook of Chris in a Mercedes. Chris is driving his own Mercedes. That was like the coolest car I've ever seen. Here's Chris. How old were you then? Seven years old, driving his own Mercedes. How long did it last on a charge? 15 minutes? Like a whole day? Uh, I heard maybe 20 minutes. You'd have to recharge it again. But, but you know, you get something, and oh, it doesn't last very long. Oh, the charge doesn't stay very Oh, now we got to get a new battery. Oh, now it's broken. Oh, now it's, you know, we've taught children and our grandchildren, who we love dearly, that it's all about toys. We've misunderstood the good news about Christmas and the great joy and so we've misrepresented it and miscommunicated it. Let me say something to adults. When we misunderstand who Christmas is for, and when we misrepresent to our culture the meaning of Christmas, and when we miscommunicate the meaning of Christmas to our kids and our grandkids, we miss out on the meaning of Christmas. We miss out. And the cool thing is, it's December 1st, right before we started our worship service. Sierra came up to me and she said, 24 days to Christmas. 24 days. You're not counting, are you? 24 days. You know what I told Valerie last night? I said, 
only three Friday night date nights till Christmas. She said, it can't be. I said, it is. We have 24 days. I'm not talking about don't go buy stuff, don't give stuff. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about the message that we communicate, the understanding that we have. We have 24 days to say, God, change my heart. I've misunderstood this. I've been the one to go say it's only for the kids because I thought it was about toys, not about good news. God, I'm the one that complains about how commercial everything is and how much everything costs and how the stores are open too late and sell too much. But, but, but I've allowed that to have something to do with Christmas, which is about good news that brings great joy. And God, I've allowed the stress of trying to make enough money to buy more stuff and the stress of who's going to be there and who's not and the family members I don't even like and don't want to see. And I've allowed all the stress, God, to make me forget it's all about good news that brings great joy. We've got 24 days to say, God, clear it up in my mind and my heart, God. I have misunderstood, but God... I need good news, and I want good news, and I need joy. Not temporary happiness that presents bring. I need joy, true joy, and I need a lot of it, God. And we've got 24 days to let that start processing in our minds and our hearts so that we can communicate it, so we can share the real good news, so that we can share the real joy. I don't know about you. I love being around joyful people. I love it. I love being around people that when you just walk in the room or they walk in the room, you just feel better because they're joyful and joy is contagious. And I like hearing good news and I hate hearing bad news. And so does everybody else. So we've got families. We've got neighbors. We've got coworkers. We've got a community. We've got a nation who wants good news and who wants to have joy. And we have the ability to give it to them. We have the ability to shine the light of Christ this Christmas into our community. Not not to be Scrooges, not to go around complaining about stuff, but to go around celebrating the good news that Jesus came in the flesh so that we could be loved and forgiven. So that we could have a relationship with him. So that we could have peace despite the circumstances. So that we could have hope for the future. The best thing we can do for ourselves, our children, and our grandchildren is to understand Christmas is for everyone. It's good news. And it brings great joy. And as we allow that to soak into our hearts, it will change not just this holiday season. It will change our lives. It will change the next generation. As we understand the good news, as we understand that it's for everyone, as we understand that it brings great joy, we have the opportunity to do what the shepherds did. What did the shepherds do? They went They received this gift. They rushed to go see the Savior who was born. They saw him. They celebrated. They went back filled with joy. 
filled with the good news and they shared the good news. They told other people and everybody was excited. Everybody was in awe of what the shepherds had seen and what they had heard. They spread the good news. They spread the joy. And that's what we can do too. That's what we can do, whether it's to a cashier at Walmart, whether it's to the bell ringers at Salvation Army, we get to share good news with them. We get to be not the negative people, not the complainers. We get to be the people that say, man, I have received the best news in the world, and it is filling me with joy. Not just past tense, it continues to fill me with joy, and I just can't help but smile at you. I just can't help but be nice to you even if you don't deserve it. I just can't help to let, but let you know the good news. Let you know that you can be filled with joy too. The real challenge is this. I'm as guilty of it as any. The real challenge is this. We believe in Christ. We want to follow him, but we allow our traditions, we allow the ideas of our society or our own ideas to take precedent over what God's word says. Christmas isn't for kids. It's for everybody. It's for everybody because it's not just about toys. It's about a gift, the gift of Jesus the Messiah, a relationship with him and all that that brings. I want to pray for us. Maybe you're like me and you admit that you've allowed so many other things to steal the joy that we should have about Christmas. So many other things have, have set the standard, the priorities. God brought us here this morning. Twenty of us in this room to give us the opportunity to receive the good news. To be filled with joy. And to be used by him to spread the good news. And spread the joy. Father, I pray that you would change our minds. Correct us, Father, when we say things and believe things that aren't based on your word, that that are in fact completely contradictory to your word. God, remind us, no matter how long we become Christians, Father, it's easy to just take our faith for granted because... We've known about it for so long. We've experienced it for so long. It's easy to to lose the awe and the sense of wonder. But Father, I pray that you would remind us just how good this news is. That you would fill us to an overflowing with joy. Father, make us into people who are contagious. That our joy from you and our love for you couldn't be contained. 
Father, I pray that you place specific people in our hearts, in our paths, and in our lives that we could reach out to and share good news with this Christmas season. And Father, anytime we start to fall back into our way of thinking of, oh, it's just for the kids, it's too commercial, it's too this, 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 this. Father, that we stop and go, no, wait a minute, that's not what Christmas is about. It's about good news, and it brings great joy. And Father, I know how many people in this room are struggling with health, with physical problems, with financial problems, relationship problems, just all kinds of things, Father. And I pray, Father, that you would remind each of us today the good news and that you'd fill us with great joy. In Jesus' name.